0: The World Economic Forum is holding its yearly conference. Their boss and bond villain by the name of a bond villain by the name of Klaus Schwab is responsible for defining and trying to implement the Great Reset. You can imagine there was a lot said this week. Let's go over some of this insane crap uh, that these elitists are saying at this conference. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs> Hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Now, the sound sounds a little weird today. It's because I am not at home. I'm at Josie's place. I don't have my mic on, and so I'm actually running this through computer recording. So it might sound a little out there. I'm in a big room. Where I usually record is very small, so you don't have as much uh, echo. It's probably what you're hearing a little bit about. But this uh, podcast is really kind of important. It's not being this is not being talked a lot about in the media, but I, I think it does need to be talked about. It's it's what the World Economic Forum is talking about in Davos. And I'm really surprised that there isn't a lot of talk about this, because these people are trying to change your lives. And these elites elitists think that and there's a difference between elite and elitist. The elite is someone who is obviously special. Elon Musk is an elite, uh, Michael Jordan is an elite, and then elitists. These are people that are that think they are above you, above me, and they should be able to control our lives. I will call all these people elitists because I think they're all just garbage human beings. Um, so many people, including myself, thought that the concept of the Great Reset was only a conspiracy theory. Uh, something Glenn Beck brought up a long time ago. I thought, okay, this is garbage. I just had a hard time embracing the thought that a small group of billionaires were going to get together and start trying to change the world. Uh, and then I read the book by Klaus Schwab. And I realized, oh, my God, these guys really are trying to do it. And they've been trying to do it for a very, very, very long time. And their only problem is they never had a catalyst to justify the changing of the world. And then I read the book uh, called uh, COVID-19 and the Great Reset by Klaus Schwab. And I I realized that they just needed that catalyst and that catalyst ended up being COVID-19. And they saw what they were able to do with COVID-19, that they were, especially in the United States. This was a big thing for them in the United States. They thought, okay, well, we were able to get all these people to go into their houses, shut down their businesses, change their behavior, get shots, wear masks, social distance, not see their family members, not be at their family members funerals. Look at what we were able to do. And the United States, which has always been the wild card for Klaus Schwab. Because the United States has a constitution, United States has God-given rights, United States has free speech, United States has the right to arm yourself, the right to bear arms. This was always a problem he had with the United States. That's why he always talks about the United States being the big problem, never talks about China being the big problem. Because China is doing pretty much exactly what he wants to do with the world. So these guys get together every year at the at, in Davos, Switzerland. They all take their private jets, they all take their big cars and they all, you know, we talked about last time, they have their hookers. I think the last I heard 3,000 hookers are in Davos right now and they are asking for prices up to $3,000 per um I guess swing. You you we could call it So it's not just uh, the rich guys that are having a good time over there and making money. So here's the introduction. This is from a week's worth of conference. The conference ends today, Friday, and we're going to we're going to cover a lot of this. I'm just going to skip the news and we're just going to go into the conference and listen to what these people are actually saying. Here is Carl Schwab in the opening of the conference talking about the industrial, the new, the fourth industrial revolution. And that's what he calls the Great Reset. He calls it the fourth industrial revolution. So let's listen to him. The fourth industrial revolution
1: offers us tremendous opportunities. But at the same time, technologies as computing, quantum computing, blockchain, genetics, and so on, they also could create deep societal fragmentation. We have the ability to collaboratively build a more peaceful, resilient, inclusive, and sustainable world. But to do so, we need to overcome the most critical fragmentation. The most critical fragmentation is between those who take a constructive attitude and those who are just bystanders, observers, and even go into the negative, critical, and confrontational
0: attitude. So, this conference, this is the introduction to this conference. And he is already. Being an authoritarian. What he's basically saying is. These people need to control the world's economy. And they need to control human behavior. But first thing they have to do. Is shut down those who don't agree with them. Those who. And those who don't agree with them are either rebels. Which is kind of what he said. Or just too naive to know any better. I mean, this is a heck of a statement. This is the first thing he said. And he's already, he's already sitting back and talking about how the whole world needs to change. And they need to change the attitude so they can fix it. Not that we should discuss about what we think the world should have and then have open discussions. Because that's something they don't do here. They don't have open discussions. They don't have people. The only person I've ever heard that actually fought with these guys was Donald Trump in 2017 or 2018 when he went to Davos and basically said, we're not doing this. He was the only person that actually stood up to these people and said, no, we are about, we are the American people. This is about the American people. This is not about you. And the American people will make decisions. Nobody said that in this conference that I know of. Okay. Well, here's uh, Ursula, von, oh, what is her name? That's Ursula von Leyen, de, de saying she is the head of the European Union. So European Union, again, another WEF thing. Okay. They love the European Union. That's, that's basically Europe is being run by one centralized group of people that were not elected. So uh, that's why you've got countries like Britain. That's what Brexit came from. Brexit, uh, Uh, England or Great Britain said, we want nothing to do with the European Union because all we do is keep putting money into them and they just keep putting regulations on us. Great Britain being probably the biggest superpower in the European Union before they left. Here she is giving out the main goal of of the WEF and of the Great Reset, what their goals are actually going to be. The next
2: decades, we'll see the greatest industrial transformation of our times, maybe of any times. And those who develop and manufacture the technology that will be the foundation of tomorrow's economy will have the greatest competitive edge. So the scale of the opportunity is clear for all to see. Again.
0: Uh, something I have a question about, maybe you should have a question about, who who said that we wanted this big transformation? Who, who, who gave these people the ability to say, okay, we are going to see a gigantic transformation? And by the way, who's going to create the technology for that? Is it going to be the European Union? All of Europe is stagnating. So to, to think that any technology, it's going to come out of the United States. China doesn't have any technology. They're going, they're stealing ours. But the big question has to be from you, from you folks, from us, is who said we wanted this? Who gave these guys the rights to make all these transformations? And by the way, all these transformations, which is already happening in Europe. The great reset has already happened in Europe. That's where the European comes on, comes into play. How well is that working out for you? I see the European Union is falling apart. Greece, Spain, they're just leeching off of other countries. England pulled out, Great Britain pulled out of it because they said we're sick and tired of giving money to these countries that can't afford anything. Do you think the United States is going to want to start giving like Somalia a ton of money because they're poor? This is the transformation they're talking about. Now, I don't mind globalism to the point where we have free trade with everybody. I, have, I Some countries I think we have to be careful of. China, Cuba, Russia. But the thought that we are going to have to become a world community run by these morons. No. But here's the problem. In the United States, this is all on the first day. In the United States, we actually see. That people here, our government, the current government, is actually supporting this. And they're over there right now. And we're going to hear a bunch of clips from American politicians talking about how this is a great thing and we, are at, we actually need to try to do this. So speaking of that, here's John Kerry. And you can see just how arrogant and elitist these people are by listening to what he says during his first speech in Davos. Listen to John Kerry.
1: And when you stop and think about it, it's pretty extraordinary that
0: we select group of human beings because of whatever touched us at some point in our lives are able to sit in a room and come together and uh, actually talk about saving the planet.
1: I mean, it's so... Almost extraterrestrial to think about, quote, saving the planet. And if you said that to most people, most people, they think you're just a crazy
0: tree hugging lefty liberal, you know, do gooder or whatever. And, and there's no relationship. But really, that's where we are. I mean, the pure arrogance of these people. It's just amazing. First off, a select few. Who selected you? And what has John Kerry ever done in his life? He's been a career politician. Was a failure at that. Ran for president once. Got rich marrying a ketchup heiress. What exactly? He's never run a business. He's never hired a single employee. I have more experience in the market, in the market world, in the private sector than he does. He knows nothing. And again, who selected these people? None of them were elected. Most of them are not even in politics much anymore. And we're touched. It's almost extraterrestrial. See, this is the problem with these folks. They really do think they are divine. That's a real problem. I mean, he just let it out. He can't say God touched them because they don't believe in God. As a matter of fact, one of the things they're going to try and make you do is not believe in God. So it has to be extraterrestrial. He was basically saying all these people were touched by God to do great things. Here's the thing: nobody wants you to do anything. You guys have effed up just about everything you've touched. John Kerry was one of the worst Secretary of States under Obama than that has ever existed. And he's gonna fix things. He couldn't fix anything in the United States. Absolutely insane. Just the arrogance of these people. And they think these elitists Think they should have control over your day-to-day life. They should be able to manipulate your behavior. And that's what we're going to talk about. I'm, I've broken this up into a few uh, sections. Globalism. Let's see, what did I, how, how did I break this up? First section will be globalism. How there will be no countries. It will be just everybody. And then the main catal- we'll talk about the main catalyst of the WEF. That they are the excuse they're using to make the changes, which is climate change. I mean, that's why climate change is such a big deal to these guys. Uh, They they want to replace the pandemic with climate change. And then we're going to talk about uh, capitalism, just a little bit about capitalism. They hate capitalism. They don't want capital, capitalism. They want a new form of, so, of socialism, a new form of fascism is essentially what they want. We'll talk about that. Then we'll talk about the censorship, censorship, controlling the way people actually speak, disinformation, misinformation. And they're actually pretty proud of themselves so far. Finally, we're going to talk about the conspiracies concerning food. Okay, food shortages. Why is it a lot of food processing plants are shutting down or blowing up, catching fire? Now, this is mostly a conspiracy theory. Conspiracy theory I don't really buy it, buy into yet, but I'm getting there. Especially when you take a look at eggs costing $6.20 a carton for 12 eggs. And then finally, we'll talk about crisis. Okay, because this is how they are going to control. It's going to all everything is there's always going to be a crisis. They will always use crisis. Because crisis is what justifies their existence. Now, one of the things they never talk about. And one of the reasons they never have anyone who goes against this at these conferences. And if you do go over there. To cover their to cover their event and you are against this crap, they will arrest you with the police force that is specifically hired by the W.E.F. I mean, have you ever heard of something that sounds more like black shirts and brown shirts than the W.E.F. having their own police force in Switzerland? Not even Swiss police are not even Swiss police. And they can actually arrest you for no particular reason. Jacques Pozopiak. Pos, this happened to him last time he was there. He was just reporting it. He's a conservative. I think he's from the post-millennial. I, I talked about this yesterday, before yesterday. And he was detained for no particular reason, and they didn't want to give him a reason. So the first thing we'll talk about is globalization. So uh, globalism is the, a world without borders with a single centralized controlling government or group. they don't say government per se. It is like the European Union where a group of people in I believe it's Brussels control all of Europe and control uh, what Europe nations can actually European nations can actually do. and of course we found that that this is not working out. again, Greece is out, Spain I believe is out um, uh, Great Britain is out. So there are a bunch of countries that are, are no longer in the European lose, Union. They're losing control, basically. What they want to do, what globalism really wants to do, is they want to take money from rich countries and give it to poor countries. So that everybody is poor. Okay, because it was, like I had mentioned earlier, the United States, we're the richest country in the world still. Okay, China, they're believe it or not, they're not catching up. All right, they're trying. But they're not catching up. So they want to take the wealth of the United States, redistribute it to other countries that are poor, and basically make the United States poor, raise the other countries a bit up. Of course, that never works that way. Let's just say we took a trillion dollars and gave it to Somalia. What do you think is going to happen with that trillion dollars? Do you think the people are going to be living better? No, the head of Somalia is going to pocket that money. It happens all the time. We've seen it in countries like Afghanistan. Where the, the president of Afghanistan just takes off. And he probably pocketed a ton of the money the United States was giving him. Okay. The government, of course, will be the World Economic Forum. Will be the United Nations. Will be the World Health Organization. That Those are going to be the globalists that are going to, to basically put down... Regulations on all countries, including the United States, basically eliminating the sovereignty of a country. This is why the United States—they're going to have a lot of problems with the United States. So let's listen to some clips. Here's um, again the head of the European Union, Ursula von der Leyen. Uh, talking, Leyen—I don't know how to pronounce it—talking about how it is the world's responsibility to rebuild Ukraine.
1: The to come together also for reconstruction of Ukraine. And uh, now, of course, it may, be, it may sound premature, but we have to prepare ourselves. Could you
2: say some words? It is of utmost importance that, on one hand, globally, we raise the necessary investment mm-hmm. for reconstruction, but that, on the other hand, at the same time, we do the necessary reforms to move forward Ukraine wants to become a member of the European Union, and it is a perfect opportunity to take investment and reform to pave this way for Ukraine towards the European Union. And my call on you is, we need every helping hand on board. Ukraine deserves to have as much support as possible. And what we need is not only investment with the public sector, but the private investment
0: See, this is the kicker with with these people. Um, when they say the European Union and the WEF needs to invest into uh, into Ukraine, they're not talking about the European Union and the uh, and the and the uh, WEF investing anything. They're not going to put a diamond. It's all the other countries. It's basically you and me, our tax money. Take our money and dump it. And they want to do this with every country, not just Ukraine. And they say everyone needs to be, Everyone means we. Not everyone. The United States. New uh, Great Britain. Germany. They need to build Ukraine. Because the European Union doesn't have anything. They only take. They only place. Uh, they, it's like every other government. They don't have any money. They can only take your money and distribu- distrib- uh, distribute it this is one of the reasons why i hate and by the way countries like china they're just going to ignore this they're just going to sit there and and russia they're just going to ignore all this ukraine yeah we're not putting in anything we'll just let the united states do it because we're stupid our government is stupid in this country so this is one of the reasons why i can't stand i can't stand that Zelensky in ukraine i understand yes russia invaded it's a terrible thing but it seems to me we, this war should have been over by now, and nobody seems to be negotiating with anybody to end this war. Zelensky, he just sits there. He's just a whore as far as I'm concerned. He sits back and just takes money and then asks for more money, asks for more money, asks for more money. He 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 Until the victory of Ukraine, yeah, psh, you guys have won already. Just give Russia what it needs to to get out of Ukraine, before things get a lot worse. And Ukraine, things look like it could get a lot worse. I mean, they're still attacking Kiev. And the longer this war goes, the longer it's going to, uh, the more likely Putin is going to do something stupid. But as far as when these people start screaming about we need to control, we need to take care and reconstruct Ukraine, they don't mean them, they mean us. My tax money. By the way, our tax money is already going to Ukraine. Hundred billion dollars has gone to Ukraine so far. That's our tax money. Joe Biden, we're gonna give them a hundred billion. Yeah, he's not giving him anything. He's taking our tax money and giving it. Okay, here's Klaus Schwab again talking about the global collaboration village. God, he uses such great words. He does he did that in um he did that in his book. Of course, it was everything sounded like uh Control and communism, but well, Glenn Beck calls it fascism, 20th century fascism. But I'll call it I'll call it communism because that's what it sounds like. Let's listen to him.
1: The Global Collaboration Village is a pioneering effort to use the metaverse for the public good, to create global cooperation and to strengthen global cooperation in the metaverse or using metaverse technologies. And we are pleased to create this uh, Global Collaboration Village in cooperation with uh, Accenture and with uh, Microsoft. So the idea is to bring all the stakeholders, governments, business, a civil society together on a continued, sustained basis. This is the next phase, the next big phase of development in the virtual world. It's especially important for this vision of a village without borders. It's an open development process and it is an open development philosophy. You know, we're creating at Microsoft, through Microsoft Mesh, a software platform that will be accessible to people through a variety of different hardware devices. This particular project, in our view, is of enormous importance for the world because of the role that the World Economic Forum plays in the world. This is an opportunity to create a village without borders.
0: Uh, no? How about simply no? I don't want this Bond villain controlling my country. And by the way, the other guy was some some, uh, guy from Microsoft. So there were two guys talking. I like my country. And I think businesses in our country should be able to run within our country without being being messed with by the World Economic Forum. Now, one of the reasons uh, companies like Microsoft, and I'm not going to give Microsoft too much problems here, but... The reason companies like Microsoft go for this crap is because they want to be a world power. They want to be a world corporation. This is the problem with large companies like Alphabet, which is Google, like Microsoft, like Facebook, like Twitter, Amazon. These companies want to be global powers within the world. And one of the ways to do this is for a centralized government or authority like the wef to tell them that everything has to go through these particular companies that's why they they support it they want to be monopolies they are looking to be monopolies and here's the thing um these companies so they support the wef we've got joe biden he's supporting he's a firm supporter of the wef He's sending people over there to talk. He was there a couple of times. By the way, the founding fathers feared this crap. They did. They feared that foreign entities were going to come over and try and take over the country. They're doing it. They may not be doing it with the at the end of a, a gun yet, but they are trying to do it. Here's the problem. This is another reason why the Second Amendment cannot go away. You ever wonder why Joe Biden wants to get rid of the Second Amendment, why all these leftists want to get rid of the Second Amendment, so that we can't fight back. Klaus Schwab has made that very clear. He talks about it in his book. Other countries do not believe in rights defined by God. They don't believe in free speech. They don't believe in a free press. They don't believe in in the right to bear arms, to protect yourself. They don't believe in any of that stuff. That's why these guys talk like this. But this country, this is one of the things we need to stand up. Uh, here's another one. This is Maria Salazar. She's a Republican congresswoman, I believe, from Texas. Okay, She's Hispanic, and she believes that illegal aliens that are in the United States uh, should be treated fairly and should be treated with respect. Which is an amazing thing coming from a Republican. I was shocked when I've been shocked with a couple of things. I used to really like this woman, and she has a lot of energy. She's really conservative on a lot of policies, but when it comes to illegal aliens, she has a real leftist hot spot in her. She thinks we should shut the border down. That's great, okay, and she does believe that, but she just thinks we should. Legalize everybody in the United States that's already in the United States. Uh, no, we should not do that. So let, let, let's listen. Let's, let's listen to her
3: overhaul of the immigration system because not only we need those hands, like the Congress, like us, a senator was saying, but we need to also give dignity to those people who are in the country, and those are the people that I represent. We're talking about 13, 15 million people who are most of them Hispanics, I would say 85%, who speak my language, look like me and sound like me, that are contributing with the economy of this country and they live in the shadows. So it's time to seal the border, like she said, put order, let's see who comes in and who doesn't, and then turn around and give dignity. That doesn't mean path to citizenship, that means to include them and make them dignified
0: members of our community. Okay, listen, I do believe that we're going to have to do something with the people that are here. But as far as dignity goes. These people are in here illegally. They are criminals. Whether they're DACA recipients or whatever. I, I kind of get DACA. But to sit back and we need to treat them. We don't need to do anything. They need to get out of the country. And apply legally. I don't believe. and I can't believe she says this and she's a Republican. And no, we don't just automatically sit back and automatically sit back and treat them with dignity. No, we find out who these people are. And if they are leeching off the system, they're not paying taxes and or they're criminals. You kick them out. I don't care how long they've been here. So, while Salazar basically takes a real globalist perspective when it comes to illegal aliens. And I don't appreciate it. I personally think that border needs to be shut down. We need some. I don't think any illegal alien should have a pathway to citizenship. None. Zero. They will never have a pathway to citizenship. Maybe we give them green cards or something. But they are not citizens. And we should be able to kick them out anytime. Okay. Well, climate change, of course, is the huge catalyst that the left is using at the... um, World Health Organization, the pandemic basically kicked off the Great Reset, as I've said earlier, just showing how people, especially in the United States, can be controlled, how they can shut down all economies, how they can control people by, you know, wearing masks, by getting test, getting shots of untested vaccines and things like that. Now it is time to do it again it is time the world health or the world economic forum wants to do this again but this time the crisis is going to be climate change or the climate crisis which is weird now when i say one of the things with the climate change thing is it's a very obscure crisis what do i mean by it's obscure I mean, there doesn't seem to be much proof that the climate is going to destroy the world within 10 years, contrary to what Greta says. okay, it doesn't look like the world's ending. And so and the bigger problem is that the World Economic Forum, they make all these huge claims, but they don't have anyone countering them. For example, why don't you send Michael Schellenberger over there? Michael Schellenberger is a Democrat. Mike, he's a very moderate Democrat. He's also a climate activist, but he doesn't believe that the climate is in a crisis, that we're all going to die. He wrote a he wrote a huge book about it. Why don't you have him over there? Let him make arguments. OK, but they don't do that. Everyone is on the same page over there because they're elitists. They they are. They know all right. They know all. So, during the first of these debates um, here are two dolts saying that we can handle, I don't know who they are, Um, two dolts here saying that we need to handle this as a planetary crisis because we need justice or some crap. I don't even know what it
4: means. Let's just listen to them. Dear friends, scientifically, this is not a climate crisis. We are now facing something deeper mass extinction, air pollution, undermining ecosystem functions, really putting humanity's future at risk. This is a planetary crisis.
2: This is a safety crisis, but above all, it is also a justice crisis. Many areas in the world are uninhabitable. This uninhabitable zone is increasing. If we continue with our greenhouse gas emissions, then by 2070, as many as three billion people will live in uninhabitable zones.
0: This, this is pure fear mongering. There is no science that says we're all gonna die at the climate, if it, even if it goes up 1.5 degrees. As a matter of fact, I'm going to read this to you next week. Vox.com, a left-wing news site, has said that the ozone layer is already repairing itself. It should be by 2050, back to where it was in 1980. They're still questioning whether uh, the the lower-level ozone layer will fix itself, but they're just not sure yet. This is from a left-wing source. So no. And by the way, that's what these guys do. Have you ever heard one of these guys sit there and say, well, this is what what's going to end up happening. And this is the science that shows this. And this is what we see now. They never give you statistics. As a matter of fact, I would I would dare you go find yourself a, a study that says the world is going to end. That says that the climate is going to destroy everything and and read through it. And I guarantee you, if I go through it, too. I will find problems with that study. And by the way, who are these people that think they're going to fix the climate? I mean, you know what's going to happen? It's going to get warmer. We know it's going to get warmer. Yes, maybe the seas will rise. Guess what will happen when the seas rise? Well, we'll either build levees like we do in New Orleans and Louisiana, like they do in in, um, the Netherlands. Because don't forget, uh, in Louisiana, they're below sea level. So they're basically keeping the ocean out with these levees. Or people will move. My God, we are looking at populating Mars and the moon right now. We're talking about having people on other planets. And these guys are worried that, we that oh God, we're never going to be able to, to, to adapt to climate change. And by the way, what areas is she talking about? Uninhabitable? This prod says the uninhabitable zone is growing. Question, where? Again, we are amazing animals. We can adapt. Look at Las Vegas. Las Vegas is the number one tourist spot in the United States. It can get up to 125 degrees in the summer, and it can snow in the winter. They have monsoons for Christ's sake. It's very in inha- It was would have been a very inha- 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 uninhabitable place in the 1800s. Guess what? Very inhabitable now, and everyone goes. Why? Technology and invasion that was created by capitalism made it possible. We'll get to the evils of capitalism later because they they hate capitalism. Here's the greatest climate grifter in American history, probably. I can't think of one who's worse. Al Gore. Remember, he made a movie about how we would all drown when the glaciers melted and all the uh, polar bears would die or some crap. Well, the glaciers didn't melt. As a matter of fact, in certain areas, they're actually getting thicker. The polar bears didn't die. And his crappy movie was debunked a year after it came out. Of course, that didn't stop the leftists from giving this guy a Nobel Prize and an Oscar for basically lying. Listen to this Dolt screaming. He's literally yelling at the crowds, clouds about how nobody is taking climate change seriously, which is just stupid. I think we're taking it too seriously. Let's listen to Al Gore here
3: melting the ice and raising the sea level and causing these waves of climate refugees predicted to reach one billion in this century? Look at the xenophobia and political authoritarian trends that have come from just a few million refugees. What about a billion? We would lose our capacity for self-governance on this world. We have to act. So in answer to your question, I would say we have to have a sense of urgency much greater than we have yet had and we need have had and we need to make some changes
0: the rise of authoritarianism and xenophobia billions of uh billions of uh climate refugees so we're going to solve authoritarianism by implementing authoritarianism at a global level that will fix that will fix climate change? the hell is he even talking about? Does anything of what he said even make sense? Xenophobia? And this numbskull thinks he's going to save our lives? Finally, we've had this same crap 20 years ago. He was screaming like this 20 years ago after he got his ass kicked by George W. Bush for president. He was screaming this guy, and he said, oh, we're all going to die by 2010. And then we didn't die in 2010. Then he said we'd die by 2020. Guess what? We survived. Now they're talking 2030. And we've been hearing this crap since the 60s. It wasn't global warming in the 60s. It was global cooling. Then it became global warming. Then it became climate change because they, they kept getting it wrong. Now it's a climate crisis, blah, 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 blah. It's so old but that's what these people like to do. They like to bring out the guys that have been wrong over and over and over again and uh, basically have them start screaming about it. I mean, no one even likes Gal Gore. So okay well here's a guy he's a climate he's a climate research expert, okay I don't know what that means. Alan Gengu. Dang- Dang- Talking about how climate change is causing a mental health crisis. Yes, another crisis uh, for our children. Let's listen
4: to this crap. And and of course, the other massive uh, ecosystem mediated pathway between climate change and health is the impact on our mental health. And we're really only beginning to scrape the surface there. And there is no health without mental health, as my mental health colleagues re- repeatedly remind me. And we see these two, these, these, two, these, two, these two, it's a two-directional pathway. Number one, young people are petrified about the future, and that is having a substantial impact on their mental health. Mm-hmm. And number two, the way the environment is changing, especially uh, in, in those places with the most vulnerable communities, has a dramatic impact on the mental health of those populations, typically indigenous groups. And then, of course, the third pathway between climate change and health are the pathways that are socially mediated. So that means things like migration, things like conflict, things like uh, uh, the breakdown of society, because climate change makes the place you live in, your home, makes that place unlivable. So when that happens, of course, there are substantial impacts on health. So there are so many ways in which climate change affects health, and the evidence we are seeing that is now being generated with support from many philanthropies around the world and research research uh, funders uh, is that the, the impacts are absolutely catastrophic. And the thing about climate change is it's, is its physics, and therefore we know very well, and really to a great deal of accuracy, what the temperature is going to be like in five years, ten years, fifteen years time? What the rainfall patterns are going to be like?
0: No, they don't. None of that stuff he just said was true. No, they don't know what the rainfall patterns are going to be like. Heck, you go on your you go on your phone, take a look at the weather. It's there's a fifty percent chance it's going to be wrong. And if they know how the rain patterns are going to be, how do they not know about certain hurricanes? How do they know about certain monsoons? They don't know about it. All that is just crap. They're getting better at it, but it's all crap. Not to mention, he's worried about the he's worried about the mental health of the children. Well, can he even conceive of the thought that he and his compadres are causing the mental health crisis with their constant fear mongering? Look at Greta Thunberg. Greta Thunberg has never said anything valid in her life. She's never brought in any a case for for global warming and we're all gonna die she just says we're all gonna die and she's got kids that actually listen to her and every time I hear every time I hear a kid sit there and say something about Greta Thunberg I said well listen to her speech she's not saying anything she's not proving anything but kids listen to this broad she's 20 now so I can call her a broad now she seems to be having the time of her life and is making a ton of money these guys absolutely hate capitalism until they can make a ton of money now she's selling a book by the way her book is i first off i i doubt she wrote it i mean Greta Thunberg is mentally is mentally off she's not she's not mentally stable she has Asperger's she she's got OCD and you can just see it in her eyes she does not look like she's got it together but that book she wrote all socialist, communist propaganda. No wonder she doesn't go to China and throw temper tantrums yelling at the Chinese because they're producing probably twice the carbon we're producing in the United States. She comes to the United States and starts yelling at us because she hates capitalism. Speaking of hate, hating capitalism, this will be, I think, one of our last clips. Um, here's uh, they, they hate the WEF really hates capitalism. I'm not sure Why? It's capitalists that keep giving them money that they want. For example, the WEF, when they want to repair Ukraine, they're not going to go to China and say, hey, give us money to repair. No, they're going to come to the capitalist United States to give them money to repair uh, to repair China, to repair Ukraine. So here's Colombian President Petro Eurejo. I guess that's his name. I don't know what his name is. I don't give a damn. He's a president from Colombia. Who gives a damn what the president for Colombia has to say? But let's listen to what he's got to say about climate change, or climate change, about capitalism and then I've got a couple words about this dumbass. And it's
3: something that is not often mentioned, capitalism.
0: Can the capitalism
3: that we have known in the last 30, 40 years overcome the climate crisis that the capitalism helped create? It's a rhetorical question, but it also makes sense, because if the answer is no, then we're wasting our time as we reach the normal return points. The capitalism that we know nowadays has a driving force and logic, and that is to increase our profits in such a way, and that's how we talk about history, to regulate everything without political or social boundaries.
1: And that's the one we have. This
3: has resulted in some sort of global anarchy. We have individual capitalists who try to make the most profit. And this is linked to their capital and productivity. So, to achieve more in less time. And productivity is linked to energy. And almost the only source of energy to increase profit is carbon, oil, and gas
1: coal, oil, and gas. And this
3: has resulted in a change in our atmosphere. We have to put an end to this if we wish to live in our planet. ¿Can our capitalism do this? Based on the current data, we won't be able to do so. Therefore, perhaps we should do the following reflection. If capitalism is unable to do so, either humanity will die with it, or humanity will overcome capitalism so that we can live in our planet. And let me go to another point. Let's say that we have a different capitalism. type of capitalism, different from what we.
0: Okay, do you hear that? You hear that? Oh, capitalism uses oil and gas, and therefore is causing climate change. So the one thing we need to do is just get rid of capitalism altogether. Just forget it. We don't need capitalism, by the way. And and to create things and build things faster, and then make more profit. I, he doesn't realize that he just said. That capitalism, through the, the, the desire for profit, creates and produces things faster. Faster than what? Faster than the crap his socialist policies are doing? Is that what he's saying? And they need now regulation to stop innovation? Stop building things? And they need regulation from this globalist BS from the WEF? By the way, this character, he's a socialist and an authoritarian. By the way, the people in this, I keep saying by the way, sorry. But this guy, his the average person in Colombia makes $16,000 a year. The average family makes $16,000 a year. The average family in the United States makes $54,000 a year. He used to also be a former guerrilla fighter for, the, I believe it was the communist group, FARC. I'm not sure which it was. And I'm not so sure I want to take the economic advice, economic and political advice, from a guy who's running a country whose main export is drugs to the United States because we have the most money. I hardly take him serious on the subject of capitalism. But eh, he's there for some reason. Oh, I know why, because he is a socialist and that's what the W E F is. Okay. So we got through the first part of the Davos. I'm going to try and get through all the rest tomorrow. So I know it was a little longer of a podcast, believe it or not. If, if this podcast could be by two hours long, but I'm not going to do that. So visit my website at dumbasses talking Uh, visit my uh my page on rumble i've got a couple videos out there love you all this is gene and you've listened to dumbasses talking politics